head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast right now to support the podcast and sign up for our premium content and now here's the podcast the pride of limerick the young man named sean sheehan the mma media don graham mcdonald the severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot. And I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody to episode 216 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, joined today by the big George Joyce of Irish MMA media. Graham McDonald, as we talk about a um, humongous weekend in the world of... Um, combat sports, I suppose we shall call it. Graham, how are you this beautiful Sunday afternoon? I'm good, I'm good. It's not so beautiful here, but uh, I'm good. Yeah, it's pissing rain here as well. Remember, <laughs> I, I, I love the way the odd podcast we come on, like, oh, the summer is here, it's beautiful. And in the next week, it's fucking pissing rain. So it's it's horrendous, like, isn't it? Uh, it's horrendous. We, we live in hope, we, we live in hope. Your <laughs> beautiful Dublin side are playing at the moment. How come you're not watching them? Fuck's sake. I don't know, is it uh, Ga or... Yeah, the Linster final is on at the moment, yeah. Did Limerick win the hurling or no? <laughs> it's funny because Limerick are in the Munster final next Sunday, actually, so we'll need to do the podcast the a bit earlier final. next Sunday. But it's funny. Yeah, well, if we'll have to get through to that. But Limerick have lost two games already. They could lose on Sunday as well, so lose three games and still win the All-Ireland, which is a very fucked up situation considering like 10 years ago, if you lost one game, you were out of the whole thing, so... I fucked up, but anyway, we're we're still the best team in the country. We're still the, if we Limerick win next Sunday, I think it's the f- maybe not the first time ever, but the first time in a long time anyway that we held all <sighs> all three all three cups. So if we win next Sunday, it'll be great. But anyway, let's let's talk about a bit of a, a less a less violent combat sport here. Let's talk about bare knuckle boxing. <laughs> Less violent than hurling. Uh, I, I was thinking about like, okay, I think there's a lot of negative shit we're going to have to talk about Bellator. I think the UFC main event was very, very positive. So I think we need to start in the middle with the whole, the whole bare knuckle thing. I think it was, you know, uh, bare knuckle. We talked about it before. It's it's a vicious sport. Is bare knuckle boxing a sport? Is the question I want to ask. I don't know. I don't think it's going to last very long. You know, they keep talking about what's this sport going to look like in five years, and I keep thinking this sport's not going to exist in five years. It just, to me, it just can't. Uh, but however, how you know, we'll uh, you'll find a country somewhere that will. That oh, will well, put the, it on. don't worry know, about that. The lava's be Russians, but not, you know, tag team MMA fights and stuff like that. But is it going to exist in trying to throw? But what was it? X ball trying to throw the ball in while <laughs> greasing <laughs> each other. Class, class. <laughs> What did you need? That's what you need. <laughs> what but, the fuck? Uh, what, what did you think of this Artem Lava versus Polly Malinagy fight overall? Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was, uh, well, like, obviously, I wasn't going in expecting this really high level technique thing. It's like a, it's like a fucking fist fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, people, I think, I think people were kind of expecting it to maybe to be more aggressive at the start, but I think it, it's, you know, each other feeling each other out because it's kind of a thing that's never happened before. Like a, a high high enough level boxer against a high enough level MMA guy uh, in a fist fight. So maybe that was why it started slow. But I, I as it got going, it was it was on a knife edge. It was so close to rounds that I, I enjoyed it. Like I, I like I wasn't really expecting it to be some high caliber mm-hmm. contest. It was yeah, it was probably the best bare knuckle fight in terms of. 
technique and I suppose that isn't a very high watermark to be honest from what we've seen before you know there's these blood and guts the Artem Lava of Jason Knight fight was a much better fight in terms of of uh, enjoyment and violence, of violence. <laughs> yeah definitely and even you know Joey Beltran fights and Johnny Bedford is like he, Johnny Bedford seems to be like the best in the world at this he's really really fantastic at it um, but it's as I said you know the, the sport is a weird one and stuff but the, the but Paulie, Artem, went, Paulie, Paulie went five rounds only got hit once yeah, he did with the, with, the, <laughs> with the three cuts in it. With the three, but like Paulie tried to come out and make it a boxing match, and this is bare knuckle boxing. This is not boxing, like, and jabbing body from the outside and stuff is just not going to be enough in this. To be honest, you know, it's. I think it's actually scored more like MMA, although boxing is scored that way as well. Where if you land it, well, didn't shots, wasn't. Wasn't it? I think it was the last event. Wasn't it some guy circling away uh, a little bit, trying to stay on the outside, and they like didn't pay him. Yeah, well, <laughs> because he, they, they announced they were like, "Oh, we're not going to pay you because we're going to fine you a bit or something yeah. because for running." He did. He did pay him after that though, because everyone went mad. But yeah, it's that. That is what this sport is like. It's you know, you you can't. Why are you running? You know, it's like that vine. <laughs> that, that's what funny man. He was just running around and jabbing up at him, like, and you're not going to win a bare knuckle fight that way. I, like I think. I, I put up a poll last night. Did you score a 48, 47 Artem or did you score it incorrectly? Because I think that's the only way you can score it. Although the judges scored it weirdly. I think the first round, though, you could score either way, really. Yeah, you, you could, but I think Artem definitely landed one or two shots that were big yeah. shots, and that was more I thought Paulie looked look, look, look nervous uh, mm-hmm. at the, the very start, but that's understandable. But, uh, like, I scored the first round for Artem, but like, if somebody's saying, oh, uh, 48, 47 Paulie with the first round being the one uh, that they give the Paulie, then I'm like, okay, that's a legitimate score. Well, yeah, I suppose, fair enough. But I was kind of half taking the piss with that as, <laughs> as well because this was so funny, like, that, that Artem actually beat him on points. But, like, the judges scored... I scored at 1, 4, and 5 for Artem. The judges scored at 1 and 2 for Paulie and then 3, 4, and 5 yeah. for Artem, which... 3 was the one where it was the most damage done, wasn't it? In the, yeah. Where there were, that one punch... <laughs> the one punch that landed, according to Paulie, uh, landed and, and cut him up in four different places. Yeah, Paulie, um, Paulie landed... Skull. It was, it was some fist, the fist of, of the goal. <laughs> Paulie landed probably his best shots in that round as well, though, and I thought he won it because of that. You know, he landed more than just jabs in that yeah. round, but in four and five, it was kind of all I can jabs. See how, I can see how people would give three to, to our time really? on that. I I, like, I can see why the judges did it. Like, uh, mm. like I, I, I talked probably it was going to go to Paulie that round but it was close like you know it was it wasn't a round where you're like ah that's ridiculous mm-hmm. and I suppose look Artem landed the, the best shots definitely although there could be different scoring in, in, in boxing yeah, we don't bare even know, yeah. I don't even know about yeah we said we'd come back but to me like watching this you know, from an MMA point of view I, I, I said last week I thought the clinch would be a big thing for Artem and obviously the rule is that if you're still well, punching if you're still punching, yeah. you can stay in the clinch. But the ref kept breaking it up all the time. Well, even even before they, they're about to clinch and the ref's already moving in, it's like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Like, uh, you see more clinching in, in boxing where you're not mm. allowed to clinch. So I don't know what that was about. But the one time he did get kind of uh, a couple of seconds in the clinch, he, he marked Polly up. So uh, I'd say it would have been a, a much tougher night for Polly if the if the ref wasn't so eager to to pull him apart. Mm-hmm. We'll get to, to kind of Polly and what this means for him in a second, but Artem first. Like, you have to respect this for when he beat a, a two-time world boxing champion in a fight where all you do is box. That, that that happened like this you know you Artem a lot of the time is the you know the footnote of a lot of jokes and stuff and you know he plays that up himself and he's you know made a name out of that and, and people care like people 
Well, Duke, Carr, I saw a few yeah. polls going around. Like, w- w- uh, I think PC did one. A couple other people did them, where they were like, "What are you most excited about this weekend?" or "Looking forward to the most," or whatever it was. And it was it was landslide in, in uh, lob off against Pauly, and uh, you know, uh, people may like or or dislike our town, but they they do care. And people may like or dislike, probably dislike Pauly. Most people in MMA Everyone, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much everybody. In MMA, most people in MMA don't like them, but they they care about them. So two guys you care about in a fist fight, like MMA fans, are gonna are gonna watch that, and boxing fans are probably gonna watch it as well. I'd be interested to see the numbers that they did on pay per view. But I'd say on illegal streams, it was probably a lot of people watching. Yeah, huge, <laughs> probably five million illegal streams. Yeah, if they if they could only get money out of Google Ads, probably made a shitload of money out of uh, out of the illegal. Yeah, streams. seen trying to charge like thirty quid is a bit is a bit too steep when it's so easy to get. Streams, yeah. especially if you're going to have to stream it. No one was buying that. Like no one. It was on air sport and stuff in Ireland. Premier sports in in um, the UK. So in America, who, in America, was, who's buying that? Really, like everyone's streaming that. Like nobody's buying it. So yeah, I'd be very surprised if, if it's if it's like available on like a tenor or something on your TV. You might buy it instead of having to stream it because people like you know some people still don't trust trust streams because they've had bad experiences with streams or they don't know where to find good streams. Mm. But if you're thirty quid, it's a bit steep. Yeah, do you think like for Artem, this this is a bit of a game changer for him? Like, like do you think I have a feeling he could get big fights here coming off of this? Not maybe not in bare knuckle boxing, but in in Bellator or something like that. Like he's free to fight in MMA as well with his bare knuckle boxing. You know, I I, I could see him after beating Paulie Malinaji. He's definitely a big name. He's definitely draw as you said. People care about him. Like for me, I think he yeah, yeah. I think he he's got a lot of options. Uh, he said, I think I read uh, on Twitter, so somebody might have misquoted, but I don't think so. Saying that he was he was interested in uh, Amir Khan next. I don't know if that's boxing or or I don't think Amir Khan's going to be uh, bare knuckle bare knuckle uh, boxing. So mm-hmm. uh, like that would be huge if Artem could make that happen. And like a few years ago, I would have been like, that's absolutely ridiculous. But now, like you know, Amir Khan probably. You know, he might be interested in that. He might think, uh, like, I can go out and easily win this and make a lot of cash and mm-hmm. kind of redeem redeem boxing for, for Paulie. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, like, it's unlikely, but it's not as unlikely as, as like, a few years ago, that would have been completely laughable. Mm-hmm. Now it's, like, a, a faint possibility and that, like, there's definitely a lot of options there for, for our town. Like, he's got the Russian thing going on as well. Like, you know, he's got loads, there's loads of promotions over there. There's, there's people with, with money over there. Um, who are behind promotions like KSW and things like that? So he has loads of options. He he can he can he can fight for Bellator. He can fight. He could fight. Bellator probably would would want him on like a a multi fight deal, but he he'd probably be better to stay in a free agent and just fighting for the as he said himself in the pre fight. He's a prize fighter, so mm-hmm. he's 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 there to make money and he's making no no bones about that. And fair play to him because you know a lot of these guys put in a lot of work. Maybe aren't they like you know the upper echelon guys and don't really make any money? But Artem has made a, made a name for himself on the on the, like he's helped, he's obviously like people know him through Connor and stuff, but he's made a kind of name for himself now, especially now uh, after beating Paulie Montanazi, people will kind of have to respect him. Yeah, and like that's what I was kind of saying there. You know, he's turned from like a footnote a joke to a fighter who's not a joke. Like, you well, he'll still be the joke because everybody finds the whole goat thing so yeah, funny and all that. Funny. But people do have like I think people got to kind of grudging respect for him after the mm-hmm. Cub Swanson fight because people talked oh Cub Swanson's got to do this to him that yeah. to him it's a joke why is he in the main event and then close fight you know mm-hmm. yeah. um, people kind of had a bit of respect for him but then you know uh, the memes start up again or the 
the jokes about the goat and all start up again. And but this time, you know, this time it's uh, I think it's probably gonna start or people are gonna probably gonna respect him more than they ever have and remember this longer than the cup swanson performance. Yeah, here's the most hypocritical words I'm about to ever say. But how about this, Artem Lobov versus Aaron Pico? Boom! What do you think? <laughs> why would you do that to Aaron Pico though why, why do, do you because do? you just need we were talking about how you need to slow roll him I again I know now. I know but hush <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> like I feel like I don't know Aaron Pico at the moment you, you roll him back but how far can you actually roll him back do, do they need to just kind of shove into it a bit give him give him Artem he, like you'd probably favour him to beat Artem still would you, you probably would yeah, well, like uh, Bellator probably like to you know sign them match them up and put them on a uh, TV uh, in a slot that's actually not on TV or online yeah, and, oh uh, god will you get to that, will you get to that? <laughs> nobody ever get to see it so uh, I hope that doesn't happen I'd like to do that <laughs> make that fight that'd be a good headline of fighting uh, in Dublin <sighs> like I wouldn't mind seeing that fight but it's not a fight I'm like it wouldn't I'd, I'd be more excited about other fights like uh, um, just guys that are going to stand with Artem I'd be interested in, in a lot of them yeah Bare Knuckle would you want to see him still fighting Bare Knuckle do you want to see him going back yeah, to MMA yeah um, I think both I think mm-hmm. I think why not just do both um, I, I don't like if he goes to a promotion like Bellator or um, KSW for example or any of them and says yeah I'll fight for you guys but I'm going to fight Bare Knuckle as well I'll have this contract yeah. I don't think that's going to be much of a problem yeah, that's true. Uh, and what about Polly? So, do you, like, do you think this is uh, the last one here of him? Why did he do that? Like, why, he knows no way to shut up. He just had an interview afterwards. Oh, my God. <laughs> he knew it himself afterwards. Like, oh, it's so cringy. The best but, Like, you know, he, he kept changing the story about how many punches landed he was. Yeah. Like, like, I think, like, Connor actually said, I don't know if the interview actually went out or not. It's, it's hard to remember. But, uh, Connor said in one of the interviews that he actually thinks probably what happened is... Paulie actually th- he thinks that Paulie actually thinks that the spar went the way Paulie thinks it went okay so you were because, there you were there uh, like uh, yeah I, I, I signed a non-disclosure agreement but mm. uh, months ago for months uh, several times in the podcast I've without, without saying it definitively I've I've said it mm-hmm. and like uh, stuff like that like so like I'm, like, I'm not going to lie for no reason like, Paulie you know, said uh, it though and Connor has said it come here to me I'll put it to you this way right if you were to give a rating out of 10 of Paulie Malinagy's performance in that spar and Conor McGregor's performance in that spar what would you give him? sorry I, I said it again? so that, that spar between Paulie Malinagy and Conor McGregor right you have to give it a rating out of 10 one for Paulie and one for Conor what would your rating be? <sighs> well like a spar is different because it wasn't it wasn't like you know full force mm-hmm like it's like uh, for a spar, it was it was it was heavy. Like there was two, there was two of them. Like there was a a ten rounder and then a twelve rounder. Yeah. Um. And and just Paulie didn't win. Didn't win a round in either. Really? Let's put it that way. Jesus. So what's your ratings? So Paulie like what two five point two or two point two or how bad is it? Um. Like he was out of shape and stuff. I know that was part of it, but he. He just, he looked like, he looked like um, shocked, I think, what was happening, even in the spire. Like, he just, he probably, I think he came in and thought, ah, oh, this is going to be mm-hmm. great. I think he, like, he thought this is going to be great crack. Like, I'm going to go in and just boxing masterclass on this guy. And all of a sudden, he's like, oh, shit, what the fuck's happening? Yeah. And he got kind of flustered and he, he, he was lumped up afterwards. Like, 
Um, Connor said and, that there was a, an interview that MMA Fighting put up, I think, yesterday with Connor talking about the spar, and he said Paulie was oh, like was, falling around the house. That was the the Mac Life one from. No, from, it was Ariel. Um, it was like a Ariel was clip, wasn't it? Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, well, uh, like at the time over there, there was like a bit of talk between the team of of uh, like. I hope Paulie's okay. He's kind of stumbling into the gaff and stuff. The photographs that they were staying in and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, um, I don't know how much I can really say about yeah, that. Will that, like, will that be the end of it, though? Do you think the, this Artem thing is it? Like, because this Artem fight, to me, as a friend of mine was asking me about it, he goes, how is this fight even happening? And I said, it's because Paulie's probably looking for the Connor fight. And he's, you know, he'll get a good bit of money for this. But he's looking for the major money to get to get a, a McGregor fight. If he beats Artem, he can come out and call out McGregor. And I was just gone badly wrong. Like, is there anywhere for Paulie to go except back to boxing commentary and away from the MMA sphere altogether? Um... <laughs> It's hard to know with Paulie. Like he, he doesn't seem to just like know when to let it lie. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? he's true. one of them guys. So I like, uh, wouldn't be surprised if he's back. Or you know, I don't know. Like I don't think a rematch with Artem is going to sell very well. Maybe it would. I don't know. They probably maybe I'll sell it well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> I don't think they'll do it though. I don't. You know, I think, I think, I think like if they hadn't, uh, if they hadn't like hugged it out and stuff afterwards, it would have had a bit more juice if they still kind of were like jawing at each other or whatever afterwards and both disputing the decision you know maybe people could get behind it again but yeah I, I feel like uh, I feel like Jason Knight's promo afterwards where he got got Melanagy soft and all just like so, well, how does he pronounce it again how does he pronounce it again soft he's fucking soft it was so funny it's like there's no redeeming Polly here like there's just Jason Knight just ended Polly Melanagy with like he's soft and that was it like it was so amazing if you have a, if you have, I just couldn't stop laughing it was on the funny like it was it was just perfect afterwards when Artem beat him and Polly was like shocked he was shocked that he lost the decision also shocked he do you think that Arten. was do you think that, I thought that was fake reaction when decision so? it was so over the top like it was just it was like you know uh, cartoon face yeah. reaction like he's always like that though that is Polly but like bare knuckle boxing it, it is cartoon like Ron Crook with his cutting promos on Vaseline before here's some and... fake news from backstage <laughs> so funny I want to do that job there may or may not be a problem with the raps <laughs> and then there was no problem and then there may or not no there's not no be. problem oh there's a Vaseline no there's no Vaseline no, no problem back to you <laughs> and then afterwards the greatest line maybe in the history of combat sport broadcasting apart from um the um these things happen in MMA. <laughs> Polly Malinaji, you're a true class act. <laughs> what? Polly Malinaji is a true class act. This is the guy who was going around spitting in people, saying that he'd spit in someone's mother's mouth. Yeah. <laughs> like what the? F- How is this man a true class act? Like what the fuck are you talking about? But yeah, uh, Ron Crook is just turning. But it's bare knuckle, bo- bare knuckle boxing. But like, what, like if, if like uh, if Paulie wants people to believe his side of the the the, the spar- or the McGregor spar, going out there and saying oh, I got hit once and I dominated this guy, people are just like, that's not helping at mm-hmm. all. That's like, uh, like basically, and anybody who thinks he's lying about it, that just basically acts as proof in their mind that, oh, this is what he does after he gets his ass kicked. Mm-hmm. 
even though I'm not saying he got his ass kicked against Lobov, like it was a, it was a, there were close rounds and all, but you know, you're all marked up in your face. You have like four, three or four cuts and you can see, you know, there's a massive cut in your forehead or just below, beside your eye in your forehead. And you're saying you only got hit once. It's just, it's, it's just, it's just cringy. It's just like, oh, just stop yeah. talking. Went on for about ten minutes as well. The interview. Yeah, it's like someone, someone yesterday. I saw, I saw someone on uh, on Twitter saying it. It was the the, the Pauly Malinaji post fight podcast. Even <laughs> done so long. <laughs> it was immediate reaction yeah. with Pauly. <laughs> podcast. It was pretty bad, but look, these things happen in BKB, I suppose. I don't like bare knuckle boxing. I think it's way too like gruesome. How, like how humiliating is that? Like, yeah. I kind of felt sorry for him. A little me bit. too. Me too. He just, he really needs to get away from it. He needs to get away from MMA and MMA fandom and stop replying to people because people will keep trolling him because it, it is so funny. I yeah, it's not even the fight. Going. It's not even to do with the fight that oh. I'm, I feel I feel a little bit sorry for him. It's just the, the fact that he just wouldn't shut up and it yeah. was just like at the at the start it was funny and then it was like oh my god this oh god, is painful. Yeah. It's been going on for like how is it, how long is it since that spar? Two and a half years, three years or something like that. It's just. It's embarrassing, and he'd probably go on about this now for the next two and a half years as well, and try to get a fight with you know who's <laughs> who's some young lad coming up, who's the next Artem Lobov coming up, and I don't know. <sighs> sure, he'd probably be calling for a boxing match with with, with Artem next. Yeah, or probably. Yeah, sure. Look, fuck it. Anyway, let's let's move on. Okay, uh, Bellator. Let's let's start with the negatives first before we get to the to the positives. So forward on here about forty eight minutes to, to pass my rant if if you don't want to hear this. But I think everyone probably should because Bellator just fucked up yet again. How can Bellator keep shooting themselves in the foot over and over and over? Like if you no, oh. it's before you before you go off, how happy are you that you get to rant about Bellator's uh, TV and streaming deals? I'm a little bit happy. <laughs> I like doing it because it's. I don't like doing it though. I like. I'm. Oh, it annoys me so much. Like it. Re- all I want to do is sit down and watch the fucking fights. Like that's all I want to. I was up until fucking six o'clock last night watching fucking bare knuckle boxing. Started at half four, and I. I've. I spend the first Started fucking five hours. Half four, yeah. 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 Fucking half five. Oh god, it's so annoying. Like, what happened if if you weren't watching live or whatever? If you're outside the country and or if you didn't even watch, so what happened was half four. The prelims were due to start, or if you're a sane, normal person, yeah, exactly. The prelims due to start at half four on the Bellator app. Clicked in the Bellator app, and it said live now prelims, uh, UFC or uh, Bellator London, whatever it was. So I clicked that, couldn't click it. Clicked it again, went into a different phone, clicked it, wouldn't work. So I tweeted out saying anyone else had a problem. Twenty people replied, all had the same problem. Email Bellator, um, asking them what the problem was. In the meantime, saw people there live tweeting about Franz Malambo fighting. Uh, got got to uh, got to see the end of the fight. Franz Malambo won by guillotine choke. We missed the whole fight. Next fight starts. Johnny Jitsu's fight starts. Uh, still no uh, the thing in the app working. Go, go into the app. Click on it again. Still not working. No good. Into the third round of Johnny Jitsu fight, the app comes back miraculously. We see the end. Who knows if he even won or not? Fight ends. I emailed Belter. Oh, sorry about that. We 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 got it fixed. And they they tweet me back. We got it fixed. Restart the app. I was like, restart your fucking card. We've missed like Franz Malambo. We we talk about him so much in, in this podcast. He's one of the most popular fighters. You know, you talk about him sparring with McGregor. He did, he did a great job sparring with McGregor. He's one of his sparring partners for years up and coming guy you know John Kavanagh has uh, sing, singled him out before as one of the guys you should be watching for the last couple of years and he fights in the biggest fight of his career against uh, Grayson a very very good opponent he wins by a guillotine choke and everyone in Ireland fucking misses it because Bellator can't 
put a click button on their fucking app so we can watch it. Like, how dumb is that? Like, how inept are these fucking idiots? Like, seriously. That, it's not that you weren't airing it, and we'll get to the ones you weren't airing later on. But you can't put a button on your app that we can click to, to, to get it like, done. A, a, a bit of context to it. These aren't, this isn't like a Mickey Mouse organization. This is like a massive TV yeah. corporation. Like, <laughs> Viacom. Oh, like uh, These things shouldn't be a problem that you can't... Like These things happen like, okay, Bama have a Facebook stream or Cade Warriors have a whatever stream. And at the start, maybe there's a few problems or something. And it's annoying, but you kind of understand that these guys are running on a tiny budget here and these things are going to happen sometimes and they can't put big money behind this or they're not. This isn't their kind of field. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. It's it's annoying. It is annoying at the time, but fair enough. But this is Bellator. Like, yeah. This is Viacom. And the thing about it as well, it was on the website. You could watch it on the website, but for some reason that I, I've asked about, and they said they'd cleared up but never did, well, you can't watch it in Ireland and the UK on the website. So the people in America could watch it. So it's not like they didn't, didn't have the prelims playing. It's not like they didn't have the video going. It's just they didn't have a button on the website for us to click, to or on the app, sorry, for us to click to watch it. So like a couple of weeks ago, I put up the podcast and... It didn't go up right. It went up the embedded code and said a thing. Someone messaged me within 10 seconds. I had the embedded code up so you could click to play the podcast. Like, five seconds. This is a five-second thing. This is not... The, the stream is already there. All you have to do is put the button in the app, reload the app, and it's there. This is a five-second thing. They missed a whole fight and, like, 14 minutes of the next fight. It took them, like, a half an hour to embed a button on their app. That's the level of ineptitude we're dealing with here. Like, absolute idiocy. Like, absolute... Like... I, ca- I can't stress this enough, like, it's it's so, 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 so bad that people want to watch this fight. You've Johnny Jitsu, a guy who's been fighting for years, training with, you know, training with SPG as well, uh, as well as Franz Mambo, who I talked about, and we, we missed our fights. And then it comes to the top three fights, Charlie Ward, Fabian Edwards, another fight, uh, Mike Shipman's fight. And they yeah, just, just cut before off you the get into that, they, they put up the the Franz Malambo and uh, John Rebin fights yeah, pretty quickly on YouTube, him, yeah. but it's 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 live. It has to be live, has like to be live. MMA sport in general has to be live. It has to be mm-hmm. like uh, this tape delay stuff is is ridiculous. And this okay, they fucked up on the the stream at the start on the app, and they put the fights up like it's the best they, the best kind of recovery they can do. Fair enough, but. As you're gonna go into now, like this, this tape delay, it's just if it had just terrible. if it had just been that, I probably wouldn't be ranting. I'd say, look, they fucked up. At least they put them up pretty quickly. I went and I asked them to put them up on YouTube, and fair play to them, they did. They put them up straight away. So you can thank me for being able to see those fights because without me, you probably wouldn't be able to see them. But then it comes comes to the last three fights. They cut off the broadcast. I asked them why they cut off the broadcast. When are they going to be able to watch these fights? I get no reply. The the other two prelim fights were put as postlims well one of them was anyway one of them was just played so there was four fights actually in a row which we couldn't see that they didn't air I, did they air them on sky sports at like 2 a.m i i don't know i haven't seen them i'm i'm just not going to bother they're just they don't want us to see them why should we even bother watching them like so you miss charlie ward actually, <laughs> uh, oh, let me just talk about charlie ward and fabian you miss charlie ward right a guy who's been by conor mcgregor's side for the last five years with him all the time this could be their artem like charlie ward is a guy that people know that people want to see you know they might want to see him win they might want to see him lose if you're a mcgregor hater or if you love mcgregor you want to see him i'm sure conor mcgregor wanted to watch that fight i'm sure he you know probably would have been yeah. tweeting about they have it. footage of the fight with john redmond him jumping into the cage all yeah. that stuff exactly 
and you don't play that. You Fabian Edwards, who we've talked about here before, you know, you've talked about especially before me, before Bellator signed him as being one of the best prospects in the UK and Ireland, maybe now the best prospect in the world. And it comes on Sky and you catch the last 30 seconds of his fight and you can't watch his fight uh, on the app. You can't watch it anywhere else. Why was it even on the fucking app? That was my main complaint. It was, it was on the app. And then they don't even show it. What? Like... Someone asked this question to, to discuss this, to do this as a, as a, as a role player. Sit down in a, in a meeting that Bellator had to say that they weren't going to tr- show these three fights and they weren't going to show the Fabian Edwards fight. What do you think that they said? Do you think they, they even realised? Can you get, grasp your head around why they didn't show these three fights? I, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I don't either. I, I've been thinking about it. Like I just don't know. Yeah, Beats me. <laughs> it's it's it seems to make so much more sense just to show the fights on a stream yeah. or on TV or like I don't know. It makes no sense. If you wanted to show them on tape delay for the zone or whatever, and you're just making fights. people so angry at your product again. Like, and yeah. it's ne- like if you, people will let you away a couple of times, like, but if you keep doing, it, people are just gonna hate you. Yeah, and like the, I don't know if they're thinking us that I, we want to show those fights on the zone, and then we're going to show them on Sky. Uh, later at like 2am but what is the point of that this whole Sky deal was to get away from the tape delay you had it on Sky for two fights at 9 o'clock after that why in the name you're already getting your Sky viewers in there at 9 o'clock why not just put them on the app why not say to Sky here let's have them a couple of let's have them an hour early and we'll get all these fights in here why did that not happen? Like, did you only think of this a half an hour before it? Like, because they sent out press releases earlier on in the week and they said that was the prelim card. They said nothing about those fights not being on it. They said fights are on the app. There was nothing about that. You know, a, a graphic came out that day and said these fights will re-air on Sky at 2am. How can they re-air if they've never been shown? That's what I want to know. Like, and the people are saying, oh, did you know, they told us about this. They said it would re-air. So they never aired. How could they re-air? But anyway, Bellator shoot themselves in the foot yet again. They fuck up the fans. They fuck up the fire. Imagine if you're Fabian Edwards here and you you have another great win here and nobody sees nobody sees it. You know, nobody in your country sees it. And you're one of the best prospects in the world and nobody can see it. It's so fucking infuriating. But anyway, look. Bellator. Bellator are going to Bellator, as you said. They are going to Bellator. But anyway. What, what about Franz Malamba? What, what did you think of that? You, you give out about him for the last three years, going for guillotines all the time. What does he do? He gets a guillotine win. <laughs> yeah, well... Uh... Yeah, it's just when you jump guillotines and you end up on your back, it's it's different. Uh, yeah. If the guillotine is there, obviously take it. But going searching for guillotines in in the early early part of his career, when people went for takedowns, I thought was was a bad idea. So I said it to him like that's just what it what it is. But uh, I kind of we, we kind of joke about it all the time. Like uh, now we, he's like you know he doesn't take things to heart. Like you know he's he's. He's developing still. He's young in his career. He's young. He's young. He's a young guy in his career. Young enough. Like he's fought eleven times now. Like, but he still has. He's still. He's still getting better. And you know, nobody doubts how good he is on the feet. It's just about staying on the feet and not making rash decisions like jump for guillotine. And that takes. Like you know, he had a good amateur career, like amateur world champion, IMAF, and all that. But it's 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 it is different when you come into to MMA. And I think he found that out kind of the hard way at the start of his career. But it puts a lot of pressure on you to to not lose again and to turn it around and he's done that like you know going into this fight he was six and four you lose this you're six and five it's kind of a 50 50 record now you're seven and four like it's a much better record and you're on a bit of a streak and you have an impressive finish as well like and you you kind of you beat you beat i know he has submissions before he has a kind of modified guillotine ninja choke kind of thing and 
I think another guillotine as well. But um, he's he's definitely developing. You know, uh, he looked much more calm in there. Like he he he, he uh, Nathan Grayson's a, a good fighter. He's not like a he's he's probably not a, a world beater. But I think. I think it was the right type of fight for Franz, and I think he looked impressive, uh, both on the feet, on the ground, and in, and in the places where he's kind of struggled before. So I think that's a really good sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just as you mentioned, the uh, IMMAFs, they're they're obviously going on this weekend. If you want to see the results of them, they're on the Facebook uh, page for Severe MMA. Uh, and uh, Alexander Sullivan, I believe he got a silver medal yesterday. Trevor McKingo as well. No gold medal so far, unfortunately for the for the seniors anyway. But we've a few moving on. Um, uh, Nadine Abbott Bissett. Uh, and who else? There's another few people. And all the results are over on the Sphere May Facebook page, anyway. So not not great results so far for Ireland, but there's I think there's one day left uh, there anyway. So hopefully we'll get a, a few more good results this week anyway. But anyway, yeah, look, I agree with you said in France, and I suppose on Johnny Jitsu then. You know, it was, wasn't a bad display from from Johnny Winter decision. I, uh, he was it was a split decision. He said afterwards he thought he won. To me, I thought Kevin Fryer won. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought it was close, but I thought Fryer won. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know, it was you know the, the takedowns in in one or two were I suppose the issue for him. He did very very good third round and, and definitely won that. So you know, not not a bad display at all from Johnny Jitsu, and I suppose we'll see him back in in September again. Then. Keep McCambe, uh, keep McCambe, keep McCambe, McCambe, keep McCabe versus Galore Bafando. I, I put like Bafando and McCabe together. I think uh, that was a good fight, wasn't it? You know, PT kind of said it, and I think you said it as well that um, McCabe is, is no joke, and and he'd go in and give a, a tough fight to, to Bafando, and he definitely he was coming on strong in that third, but Bafando hit him with that one big shot, and kind of any any momentum he had was kind of lost at that stage. I yeah, think. it looked like the fighter kind of yeah. swung to McCabe in that did, round. Yeah. He's putting pressure on Bafando kind of didn't know where to go he was kind of getting backed up against the cage and uh but i think it was uh, once he landed kind of one back he he kind of regained his confidence a little bit and and started kind of fighting his style again and just managed to to uh to win the decision mm-hmm. dylan dennis in september i know we talked about it last week pizza mentioned it as well makes sense yeah i don't know no, no? no, no, no. For, for dennis it doesn't make sense for mccabe it makes sense mm-hmm. but for dennis it, it doesn't make sense why doesn't it make sense for dennis because I think you need to give these, like a guy like Danis, who's who's like taking baby baby steps into MMA after grappling his whole life. He needs more time before he he goes in uh, against guys with you know seven pro fights and I don't know how many amateur fights. I suppose Keith McCabe has. Keep, wasn't Keith McCabe to do like twenty five amateur fights or something? Yeah, I can't remember how many, but every second show back yeah. when there was a lot of shows, he, he in Ireland he was fighting on them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jumping in last minute, taking uh, like any fight he can get. Basically, mm-hmm. I don't know how many fights he had, but a lot. Five. He's been fighting for probably about eight years, mm-hmm. t- ten years, maybe. Yeah, and then uh, obviously a few more prelims after that. Alfie Davis is someone who impressed me an awful lot, and after impressing me in in Dublin again, his last fight, so he's definitely one to to look out for. A uh, very very elusive style on the outside. I really enjoyed the way he's he fights as well. Terry Brazier got another win via Americana here. Kate Jackson won. Uh, Charlie Leary versus uh, Chris Bungard. Charlie Leary won that as well. And then obviously you had the, the three prelims that we, we didn't see. Did you manage to see any of them? The Charlie Ward one or the, the Fabian Edwards one or Coslo Um No, I saw the, the old, what was it, three minutes, just under three minutes of the Fabian Edwards uh, on Sky Sports Arena. But uh, no, that's all I saw. Yeah, it's, uh, it's unfortunate. Like we, we wish we could talk about him, but blame Bellator. We've, I don't think anyone in the world has covered Fabian Edwards as much as we have probably. And uh, no, no greater fans of him, especially you. But 
what can we do? Blame Bellator. Um, then James, <laughs> James Gallagher versus Jeremiah Labiano. How how did you see this for for James Gallagher? What did what did you think of his performance in the fight overall? Uh, I thought the first round he he, he looked like he was going to dominate. He, he he got the take there in the side control pretty early, and it looked like the, the mount was there, but he he didn't really take it for some reason, mm-hmm. or he didn't attempt to take it for a while. I mean, he was happy enough to stay there. Uh, maybe it was the the respect for Labiano's Jiu Jitsu, but uh, I kind of expected him to to try and mount. I was kind of waiting for it, but it never really happened. Mm-hmm. He was happy enough to win the round, I think. Um, then in the second round, it looked like the tide was turning. Um, Labiano got a take down of his own, and Gallagher just kind of closed his guard and stayed there. Didn't really take any damage or anything, but it definitely lost a round. Uh, it was a bit of adversity, you know. Uh, there's a lot of pressure on him. I, I, I keep saying that, but I think you forget how young these guys are and, and how much, how much um, like this means to them and uh, all that stuff. Uh, it's kind of like a free shot for Labiano. He's going in there expecting to, expecting to, uh, expected to lose. Mm-hmm. So um, it looked like you know he was full of confidence and, and the tide was kind of turning and it all came into the last round and Gallagher came out there and. He, he he won on the feet and the little bit that on the feet and got a takedown and definitely won the round but it wasn't it wasn't like um as impressive as maybe you know the the couple of performances before he lost but i think i think it was it was good a good experience for him to kind of go into that kind of jeopardy round and have to have to implement his game and maybe not have it all his own way as well so uh not not James's best performance, but uh, another uh, good experience for him and, and a win. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I, I agree with what you said there. He did an interview. I think it was MMA Crazy afterwards. The um, the scrum afterwards, and he said this was you know he basically said it was a bad performance by him, and that he, two weeks before the fight he wanted to pull out, that his head wasn't in the right place and all, but he pushed through and came through. And he said he was kind of very proud of himself for doing it, although it still wasn't the, the best performance. And you know if, if if that's true, obviously you know that's one thing I always talk about that. I can't analyse the fight in that way because I don't know if it's true or not beforehand or afterwards or whatever. So, in the fight itself, I, I agree with him. I don't think it was his best performance, but I, what you said there is right. He like, if a guy loses it. and says that, maybe you're like, ah, come on. Yeah, that, if a guy true, wins though. and says that, you're probably, you're probably be inclined to believe mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Um, look, as you said, on the first, I thought it was even enough on the feet until Gallagher got the takedown. Uh, and dominated on top did very well in the third Labiano was landing big shots through the middle and I'll, I'll talk more about that well, why second. do you think Gallagher didn't, didn't really you know usually he's pretty quick to try and take mount or just back himself to kind of winning scrambles yeah I think Labiano's he's kind of happy enough to, to, to stay in side control and maybe he thought he'd wear him down and wait for him to make a mistake and he just never did I wonder how much tape uh, James actually had in Labiano because I found it very hard to find anything of him on the ground so coming in here I didn't know what to expect but but he was good especially in the second round when he got that the kind of the arm and he got the uh, the sweep from the, the kind of the Kimura sweep that they like to do and landed on top he, like that that's not something that someone who's an amateur would do and especially not against someone like James Gallagher who's really really good on the ground you know whatever you say about Gallagher standing up or if you don't like him whatever on the ground there's no doubt his his uh, ability he's brilliant on the ground and in that third round when he got the, the takedown from the trip and he landed with his legs stuck inside Labiano and he just pushed his hips down go back and watch it again there's like that 30 second 
um, kind of period where James Gallagher is kind of stuck. Is he going to get swept again? Is he going to get pushed off or is he going to land on top? And he just pushed his hips down. He pushed and pushed and pushed and then landed on top. It was absolutely brilliant. He tried to take the back and he tried to go for the finish there in the end. And uh, Labiano ended up on top. Uh, but James got the high guard and uh, he wasn't able to land and you know it was a stalemate in the end and it was funny because John Kavanagh put up uh, a tweet after the Brennan Lachnan fight in which we'll talk about in a little bit hopefully uh, later on in the podcast um, about how judges score takedowns and promoters and judges need to uh, need to um, get on the one page and stuff and I couldn't disagree with that more I think judges don't score it that way anymore and this was the perfect fight to, to show that because Labiano got on top was on top maybe 90 seconds on top of James Gallagher um and landed nothing, and James Gallagher won the round. So these late takedowns, these landing on top and doing nothing with takedowns, uh, just getting on top control, do not score you something. If you're like, you know, if James Gallagher landed a couple of shots before from on top, if James Gallagher pushed and got into um, got into side control, got into mount like he did in the third, almost took the back, that's effective grappling. And what Labiano did is not effective grappling, just lying there. Like, James Gallagher was doing more effective grappling by having the high guard and, and fishing for stuff. So that does not score your rounds. But anyway, back back to James Gallagher. On the feet, the point I want to make about James Gallagher is, he is the perfect example, I think, of someone like an Aaron Pico as well, who who I talk about that. We, they need experience. They need to grow. They need to get better. And as you said, this three rounds is going to stand to James Gallagher. I think that it will improve him. He'll be able to go back and watch himself and see what he did. And, you know, if he's good coaches and good, uh, you know, crew with him and stuff, that'll tell him what he needs to do to change. I think he'll be... He, it'll stand him well. You know, James Gallagher, what's he done? He's 22 years of age, only, what, 10 fights or so into his career when he gets to 20 fights how good will James Gallagher be that's kind of what I want to see and that's where I think he should be looking to see where, where he gets there when he, you know 15 fights or whatever the, me, the big the issue I think James Gallagher has at the moment is the, the cut off between his legs and his hands I, I find it very odd like that when he finds out of the, the, the fights out of the karate style he doesn't like he doesn't beat in quickly like you know like a wonder by thompson does just just lash into range hit and get out again he did it once in the second round um, around the midpoint of the second round i was absolutely brilliant it's exactly what you should be come in bop bop and out again with with those feet but he doesn't seem to do that he seems to like be in a boxing stance with his hands and a karate stance with his feet which to me doesn't really correlate i don't know does it work that much because when he gets pushed back he's just going straight backwards and his hands are high up and he's just getting caught straight down the middle and in the second round you could see that three or four times uh, over and over again um and you know when you have that in and out karate stance it's more difficult to kind of move to the side just because of the way you're facing side on so when he gets pushed straight back and he sees hands kind of straight up to either side of his head in a boxing stance and he's getting either jabbed or hit with a straight right through the middle you know it's a lot harder to defend in that boxing stance when you have MMA gloves on because like imagine you have boxing gloves big boxing gloves you're going to be defending your chin with those boxing gloves in that in that stance so I think that's an issue with James Gallagher just to, to change that up a little bit you know, I suppose it's, it's a, most people would say it's bad advice to hold your hands down by your hips a little bit more. But I think maybe that's what James Gunner needs to do or change up the karate stance with his feet a little bit you know i'm not i'm no expert in this so i'm sure he has strikers or you know i'd love to see james gallagher you know go for two or three months maybe out to somewhere in america and come back and you know 
institute what he has learned in with his training in SBG and maybe take little bits from that. Like look at look at someone like a Miles Price, we'll say, who trained a team rhino, goes out and trains in uh, AKA for a couple of months, comes back and look at his wrestling has improved so much. So I think James Gallagher could do something like that. You know, go somewhere for a month, come back to SBG before the next fight and have improved a little bit. You know, it's it's that that little two or three extra percent, that little change with between your your stance that could change James Gallagher from being this this prospect that we think could be really good into that contender who's going to be really good in a few years. You know, we talk about Gallagher a lot and, you know, he's a Conor McGregor team and people saying he's copying Conor McGregor and he talks a lot and all. But he could be a very, very good fighter as well if he makes those improvements. That That's that's just a fact of the matter on this. He could be that. Now, he might never be that. And, you know, there's hundreds of fighters who might be that and might never be that and might be that, you know. So that that's my take on James Gallagher. What do you think, Graham? Yeah, I think uh, maybe maybe a few weeks in in America in a gym in a new gym, just like a few little you know, all all guys have their gyms like trainers and coaches have their little kind of go to moves and maybe have a little detail that mm-hmm. that's different. Uh, like you know, MMA and Jiu Jitsu and, and all the striking arts is so complicated. There's so there's so much going on that like little, little tiny little things can change things, but. I think like when 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 you're young like James Gallagher and uh, you know he's he's he had a lot of amateur fights but he's he's only had ten pro fights now and it, it like years ago he probably would have been having all these fights kind of locally mm-hmm. uh, behind the scenes like you know uh, not behind the scenes but like kind of low key not on a big stage like this and there wouldn't be there wouldn't be such like you know if you have a kind of bad performance like this where whatever maybe your head's not in it or whatever he was saying. Uh, and you, you overcome it. It's kind of forgotten about, but there's, a, there's a, you know, there's a lot of eyes, a lot of people looking at James, wanting him to perform badly or wanting him to lose. Mm-hmm. So people are kind of taking, you know, uh, joy out of it. So it's, it's just, it's it's just um, a, a different different time for MMA uh, yeah. because there's, there's because McGregor exposing and because there's no local shows for these guys there isn't as many local shows for these guys to kind of hone their skills on but if you look at all the other guys who made it to the UFC like uh, Paddy Hulan was what 10 and 0 when he went on on tough or uh, Cahill probably had like what 12 to 15 fights mm-hmm. yeah, Connor the same Gunnar the same you know this is the early days in these guys, in these in people like James Gallagher's career. They're learning before our eyes. I always talk about Rose Nam Yunus. Yeah. Like, like Franz at- Malambo is another teammate of, of him. He's he's the same. Like okay, his record isn't as good as James, but these guys they may have ten or eleven fights, but it's still early, very early in in their careers. Hundred mm-hmm, percent. Another just one final thing before we move on. I, I recorded the Q and A before this, so there's like a half an hour Q and A going this and on Tuesday. But James Gallagher, he's a little bit of. You know, that Marcus Rashford, Jesse Lingard sort of aura about him as well, that I'd say the young people absolutely love him and love his carry-on <laughs> and stuff. And the old people, like, over 25, probably go, what's this young whippersnapper doing when he stopped that shot? Like, there's a bit of that in it as well, isn't there? You know, and I think he's going to annoy people over that certain age. But to a younger age, which me we maybe don't understand, I think he'll people will like him even more and like this kind of this attitude of I'm you know I have a brilliant mindset and I'm going to go on and talking about what he wants to do there's a I think there's a change a very much a changing mindset between you know yeah. my generation I think the, the problem is people whether they're right or wrong I think people don't believe James Gallagher they like they believe yeah. even if they didn't like Connor and they be, it was more like he kind of believed what he was that he mm-hmm. that he believed what he was saying yeah 
And like I'm not saying James doesn't, but people just because he's from the same gym and you know does some things like Connor Mm -hmm. uh, has a a tattoo or whatever, people are like uh, you know looking for things to be like I was just copying them and even subconsciously I think people might kind of not buy it that he's this self confident. That is very true. Yeah. But sure, look, we've talked about James Goddard so many times. I'm sure we'll talk about him uh, again. Uh, let's run through a couple of these fights pretty quickly here because we don't have that much time. Paul Daly the versus... The prospect, Eric Silva. Eric Silva. The prospect. What age is Eric Silva now? Let me look here. I don't know, but he's about he 31 is. and Joe Rogan, every fight was calling him a fucking he's, prospect. He's 35. Since two days ago was his birthday. He turned 35 two days ago. So yeah, fair play to him. Uh, a good fight. He took an, a humongous beating year off of uh, Paul Daly. One, one round was a 10-8, I believe. The second round, I think. Um, and he kept going and something Eric Silva you know you talked about him before not having the greatest chain but Paul Daly you know good fight I re- really enjoyed it uh, Aaron Chalmers got a submission against another uh, <laughs> guy guy in Fred Freeman you know t- this Aaron Chalmers thing you know I think we've, we've talked about it before we understand that what he is he is a draw a lad who sells tickets a TV personality he's not going to be a championship fighter. He's not, you know, we're not going to talk about him the same way we talk about James Gallagher or uh, Fabian Edwards or anything. He's not that. He's just going to be this draw that's going to be fighting a couple of times a year and that'll be that. Do you, do you think that's what it is? Yeah, yeah. I think that's all. Like, he never really claimed anything else. Uh, no, mm. Like, uh, people were just looking to get mad at the whole thing, I think. And I don't think it's, like, I think he, does bring a little bit of attention to extra attention. I think it's kind of fading now that he's fought, what, six, six or seven times. Yeah, and he left but, the show as well, I think. I don't think he's on Jardy Shore anymore. Oh, really? Yeah, um, so that's not going to help. Yeah, whatever, but, like, yeah, I think people are, people went a bit mad, like, but I think, like, if, if anything, he he's still bringing eyes to, um, to Bellator cards that make people, if, if, <laughs> People get to see, you know, two minutes and 40 seconds of Fabian Edwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 98 seconds of Fabian Edwards, yeah, but anyway. Yeah, uh, Melvin Manhoof then got a, a good win as well. The unanimous decision almost knocked out his opponent in the second round, so good for Melvin. And in the main event, Rafael Lavato Jr. versus Gegard Musassi. This, to me, was, it was a very, it was a very odd fight. Um, I had... You know, I had I had uh, Lovato Junior winning, uh, but it was it was very very it was very very close. Um, I, I thought in you know Gegard's to take down defense looked really really good in the first round, um, but he got taken down in open water. And his take down defense against the cage was very good. Got taken down in open water. Javier Lovato Junior second round pull guard. Gegard got up late and landed. Yeah, we we surprised at that because I think like in. Um in Lovato's previous fights, it kind of looked like he didn't really have many takedowns. I suppose, like maybe it's like Damian Meyer, where you just need one or two little sneaky ones, and mm-hmm. it's hard to spot what's going. It's hard to spot what's going on to, to somebody like me or you who doesn't train, but uh, he's doing something that that is very hard to stop. Maybe yeah, it's to me like it looked like a fight that Gegard Mousasi should have won, but three little takedowns that were huge takedowns that didn't look huge at the time won Lovato Jr. to fight it was such it was such an odd fight and for me it's hard like I I don't think it's not I think if he didn't get the last takedown like the tide kind of turned and yeah. he looked tired and it looked like he kind of out of, out of ideas but then once he got that takedown it's like gave him a new kind of burst of energy and he was you could see the finish line then and you know he, all I got to do is, is 
not fuck this up now. Mm-hmm. Because Gegard had been dominant in the fort, like, and they, as you said, it, it kind of it it had been changing the whole the whole kind of you know the whole movement of the fight had been changing. Uh, the tide him, had turned. The, the tide definitely had turned. Um, so you know, th- obviously, round I suppose round two to round. Uh, five were, you know, all kind of uh, maybe not debatable rounds, but when in the second round when he pulled the guard, pulled guard, and um and Gegard got up late and landed those couple of shots, you know, how much was Levada Junior doing in some of those things when Gegard got up late and landed maybe ten seconds, uh, of, of shots, and you know, I suppose that obviously the fourth and the fifth were were the big rounds that maybe so a couple of people said 10 eighths for the third and fourth and and the fifth as well you know all debatable i don't think any of them were personally i thought it was 40 no, yeah, so no, no, yeah no. but there was one uh 10 8 in there anyway and ended up at 47 47 on one card and 48 do we even know which rule set is in in effect it's 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 all the one rule set here now isn't it it's it's all the judges uh judge under the same rule set but Look, overall, so it's a more kind of there's more ten eights, but like I, I don't really there's a, there's certain fights that are bordering like you're like oh, I could go either way, but I, I wasn't thinking that watching. I was thinking ten nine for all the rounds. Yeah, you I, know sometimes you're you're you're, you're like ah, oh, will I give it ten eight? And you're nearly reluctant to give it, but yeah. I don't I don't what wasn't the case. I think it, I think uh, Misasi just. Do you think there's a tendency? Yeah, he is. Do you think there's a tendency though in? At the end of fights, in the fifth round, when it's a two-two, not to give a ten-eight. When you think it's two-two, to not give like Lavada Junior dominated that round without the, really landing that much yeah, impact, though. But he kind of took his back. He was landing big shots as we landed a couple of elbows and big shots. Yeah, but I, I don't think it was a ten-eight. But I think in general, there's kind of a tendency not to give it because we want to give, uh, like, if say oh, it could be three-one or it could be two-two, and then we're either making it a draw or we're having a guy win by by you know two rounds when he really only won by one round. I think there is a tendency. I don't know. I don't do mind. That. Like I don't like if, if my scorecard adds up to a draw. I'm not like oh well, I revise this round. Like I'm always just scored yeah, around as a as a round. Yeah, but I think when you're scoring the fifth round as a round after the first two or maybe even I think there is a t- I don't know why I, I never thought about it until last night but I think there is a tendency to do that but however uh, uh, do you think they did a rematch I think they should probably do the rematch it was a very very close fight Musasi seems to be kind of a star for him I don't think Lovato Jr. is going to be four time MMA world champion uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah five time wasn't it I think Musasi maybe was there was a touch of the Luke Rockholds against Mike Bisping about him Mike Bisping even Michael Bisping um, he just seemed to like he just seemed to be like fading into the fight. Yeah, such a nice mind. Fading into the fight, kind of, oh, I'm going to just stop these takedowns and I'm going to beat him easily. And then that just kind of didn't happen. The fight kind of got away from him. And then it kind of happened in the fourth again where he was dominating. The fight kind of got away from him again in the fifth. Just an odd one, really. But sure, look, these things do happen in MMA. All in all, Bellator show. What, what am I going to give that? What what, what would you um, rate that fighting Rafael Lavada Jr. versus Gegard Mousasi out of. <sighs> Five point two. I'm gonna give us. I'm gonna give us um five point three. There you go. That's my gonna be my. I don't know why I didn't even think of it until right now. But that's my rating for a five point three. Right. Let's move on to the UFC card here. After that, the buckle of a Bellator card. Um, main event. 
There wasn't really much before the main event. Let's be honest here. Molly McCann had a very, very good <laughs> win. I suppose that was the, the main thing against Ariana Lipsky. Fair play to her. Uh, you know, Lipsky, Lipsky just kind of hasn't delivered on what a lot of people thought she might deliver on when she came into the UFC, include, or including me. Uh, Dern win against Eric Spicely, very good. But, you know, take nothing away from Molly McCann in that again. Uh, Jarzinho Rosenstruck got like a four-second KO. Lewis Pena beat Matt Wyman in maybe the biggest mismatch in UFC in a long, long time. Ashley Order, Dan Ig, Kevin Holland, Andrea Lee, Andra Ull, Randy Brown, all won. Uh, and in Chan Sung Jung versus Hanato Maikano. I know you're a big fan of the Korean Zombie. What a win. What a KO. Brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah, it was brilliant, yeah. Uh, I love I love the Korean Zombie. It's always good fun. He's, he's one of them fighters who, if the if the fight's boring, it's it's definitely not for lack of drawing on his on his part. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the, the opponent's fault if he's in a boring fight. I can't remember him being in a boring fight. Like, his probably most boring fight, relatively boring fight, was, was Aldo. Uh, yeah. but that's more Aldo's methodical trying to break people down just with basics on the feet but um, Korean Zombie just perfect perfect punch the yeah. right like this is actually a brilliant photo I think it's uh, it's probably Esther Lane I think um, oh no she was at the bare knuckle boxing so I don't think it was her oh yeah. I'm not sure I saw a really nice photo I think it was MMA fighting anyway um, I'm not sure if she's still there or whatever but uh, it just it, it was just perfect and Mike kind of actually took it like like he, he was definitely really hurt by it but he took it pretty well like but it, just the, the relentlessness and the, he smelt the blood the Korean zombie smelt the blood and went after him and mm-hmm. it was a brilliant perfect performance basically how he, la- how he landed that overhand right was just spectacular I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna try to explain this here as, as how I saw it anyway so bear with me so like let's say you have three points your left hand your head and your right hand right so um Say the number three is the the left hand of Maikano, his jab, and he was trying to hit that tree off the two, the head of uh, of the Korean zombie. So what the Korean zombie did was he ducked down his head, got inside the one, the right hand of Maikano, got his head inside that, and then got his hand into the two, the head of Maikano. So he ducked down, went outside. Went, he not just moved inside his jab. He moved inside his head and he moved inside his right hand. So he moved inside two different spaces at the same time. Then he moved his right hand from outside the left hand of Mykana to inside the left hand to onto the face. So it was just it was just brilliant. Like he like in one swift movement, he moved like the whole way across the fighting zone to get in there and accurately land right up through the middle. It was brilliant. It's like if you get your 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 uh, your index finger and your middle finger in both hands and put them up and then put them together. He just like moved inside and got right inside and landed straight in perfect as you can right inside and landed that right hand. It was just brilliant. And in the left hand as he fell down, like it kind of half looked like he was going for a takedown maybe or going in low. And the, the one issue, I think, of the jab, when you jab, 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 like my Canada does, and I love jabs, but when you're standing in the middle of the cage and someone is fast and dynamic and looks for blood as much as the Korean zombie, is they can counter it. And when you constantly jab and don't change things up enough, it's there to be countered. You know, we, we saw it. I mentioned Michael Bisping earlier on, counting Luke Rockhold. Now he counted the, the right hand as well, but he was jabbing a lot as well. Um, and obviously, Luke Harkle's sopa, so it would have been the right hand jab, but you know what I mean? Like, it, it's it's something that can be there, it's there to be countered, and the Korean zombie, just, just brilliant. Like, seven UFC fights, seven UFC bonuses. He's he he's he's the Justin Gaethje's. A few people have said, I'd love to see that fight. He probably has a good few bonuses from WEC as well. Yeah, I'd love to see that fight. Fuck away, class. Justin Gaethje versus the Korean zombie. 
let's make that fight happen. Let's. What's your rating for this fight? What do you think? Uh, ooh, uh, 8.6. Oh, that's high. That is high. I think it was... Oh, God. I was going to give it higher, but I was looking at some of my other fights, and I can't give it higher at some of them. I'm giving it a 6.9, because it was a sexy fight. Oh, that's it, pretty low. I don't know. I, I thought it was high, to be honest. I thought it was a bit high. I was going to give it a little bit lower, because it was very short, very one-sided. But when I look at the, the, the thing I Man, have... The underdog just blowing the favourite out of the water like that would have... That is, I've and said he it took that punch pretty well and, and in fairness to him but like mm-hmm. it was there was no coming back from it the way the green zombie pounced I based it on competitiveness quality and general excitement so it didn't have the competitiveness it had the quality and had the excitement so that's that to me is 66% so I gave it up another little bit on top of that I think to uh, to give it the higher score but look brilliant the Korean zombie absolutely fantastic I'd, uh, some people said Zabit I'd love to see that fight I'd love to see him fight anyone to be honest I, I love the Korean zombie and hopefully he comes back again right we've loads more to talk about so before we go uh, Brendan Lachnan what did you think of that uh, uh, I just feel sorry for him sitting in that seat waiting mm-hmm. and he, he just kind of he didn't really re- react that heavily, but you just you knew in his in his head he's just like, what the fuck do I need to do here? Like this is just ridiculous at this stage. Yeah. Like Dana White just that's the comment about like, oh, he was doing well, he's doing this, he's doing that. It was all positive, and then he went for a takedown with ten seconds ago. We don't want that. Something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Like, fucking hell! Like what the fuck are you talking about? I, I think you have to understand what this is. This is Dana White's pet project. And well, like, you know, there was, there was the guys he did sign were like, you know, yeah. craft compared to... Exactly. And why did he sign them? Because he got to make the decision. If this is, if you go into this, and it's fucking, and I'll get to why it's stupid in a minute, but if you go into this, you're, and I think Luke Thomas again explained this very well, you're at the whim of Dana White. This, and you know, someone said, uh, I think it was uh, Jade Goodman over on Twitter said, Dana White looking for a finish. This, this is what it is. This is not about who's the best fighter. This is about who Dana White likes at this exact second of this exact Tuesday night. And it's fucking idiotic. Because the dude uh, who's Ali, uh, Ali Abdelaziz's like, secretary or something, he got the contract, oddly enough. And I know he's not managed by Ali Abdelaziz, but he works with him, which is, uh, yeah, odd enough. And he laid on top of a fella for about five minutes, had not a great fight at all. Brendan Lachnan had a really, really good fight, an entertaining fight, was by far and away the best. There was no other person, of the, you know, there's eight people on that, seven people, not UFC ready, not UFC quality, let's be honest. And Brendan Lachnan. Yeah, he had the best opponent, he was uh, the highest quality fighter, he was by far the highest quality fighter. I don't think his opponent was that good, to be honest. I think people maybe overrated Yeah, but compared bit. to the other guys, oh, like yeah, that, yeah, the, yeah. the guys who got signed, who the guys they beat. Yeah, and going for a takedown with 10 seconds left, like, that's the reason why, that's just Dana White all over it, and that's, like, I, I said it before, I don't know if I said it on the podcast, but I, I maybe said it on Twitter or whatever, that I didn't think Brendan Lachnan was suited to this because he's smart, you know, if there's an opportunity to win the fight with a takedown, he'll take that, and... <laughs> that that's how that's how you know you can you can be smart because if you're winning around ten nine right, uh, people have this thing if it's if it's an even round and you get a takedown and or no if you say like uh, okay 
um, Graham is fighting Sean Graham is winning the round and Sean gets a takedown with 15 seconds left Sean nabs the round that doesn't exist anymore but if Graham is winning the round and Sean could come back and win the round with a big shot at the last 10 seconds and Graham gets a takedown that means Graham secures the round do you know what I mean so I think that's what Brendan Lochnan did there he secured the round that he was already winning with that takedown rather than just you know he, he made it safe for himself and that's smart that's not you know he's not, that's not being a pussy that's not not fighting that's being intelligent well, I don't that's know what brilliant. it's like I don't know what it's like to fight but like when you play football or you like you're not really thinking about what you're going to do you just react to, to what you what you what happens mm-hmm. like whatever flight the ball comes at or whatever or if you're in goal you you you're not thinking oh, I'm going to dive to my right. You just do it, yeah, because it's the right thing to do at the time. And if a guy is there to be taken down, I th- maybe it's a, the case where you just do it because that's what you've trained for years, and that's smart fight IQ, and that's why you've been. That's what you've been doing in the gym for ten years or more, and that's what you've been trained to do, and that's what it's is is the correct thing to do. Yeah, <laughs> like, in a fight, is, this is one of those unique things in MMA that's. well not unique I suppose actually very ununique but it's unbelievably idiotic and hard to understand but you can perfectly understand why it happened because it's Dana White you know it's stupid Lachnan was the best fighter put on the best performance had the best win against the best opponent and he didn't get the contract because it's on Dana White's whim and that's that's the issue here (laughs) you know it's stupid but But I wasn't surprised were you surprised not at all I knew he wouldn't get it I knew he wouldn't it was inevitable I was like oh this is like what happened I was like you're deluding yourself you're deluding yourself if you didn't know like any you know if you didn't know you probably don't know what the show is about which is fair enough you're probably just a Brendan Lachnan fan and you know I'm not the biggest Brendan Lachnan fan nor I know loads of people you know Andy Stevens and he's fucking you know a Brendan Lachnan fanboy he thinks he's the best fighter I don't know like I think the people have become fans because they see that like what it's like what does he have to do here you know mm-hmm. this bullshit like people can kind of get behind that kind of like hard yeah. luck story that like mm-hmm. this was why the most isn't impressed. this guy getting getting what he deserves this was the most impressed I've ever been with him like I, I've always liked Brynn Lachnan I think he's definitely UFC ready but this like this was looking Brynn Lachnan could be a top 15 guy I was that impressed with him I think he this was a really really good performance I think he's improved an awful lot and you know with this UFC opportunity I think he's improved an awful lot again but look I think he probably will end up in the UFC when Sean Shelby gets to the side rather than Dana White and but he's shown that like you know okay Dana White's you know looking for knockouts and people who are exciting and go for it but Brendan like he's been in some very exciting fights he's got finishes on his record like he fought Tom Duke and Law in like a brilliant five rounder Uh, could have went either way Um, it's just it just makes no sense uh, except that it's it's uh, yeah as you say it's at Dana White's whim and Dana White sometimes just just gets he's stuck in his ways and he's just he's just looking he was looking for a reason not to give it to him it seemed mm-hmm. something fully understandable that makes no sense Dana White looking for a <laughs> that should be their tagline uh, right the cards next week jeez we have two magnificent cards next week uh, we'll get to the UFC in a second but this Cage Warriors Knight of Champions card Oh, Ian Gary's on the undercard hopefully I'll have him on the podcast tomorrow if he shows up and I have no no, no reason to doubt he won't he, he'll be there so if you're on uh, your boy I'll have it everywhere my boy Ian Gary I don't want to talk him up too much in case he get a big hater <laughs> but uh, yeah um, and then 
God almighty. So you have Ross Houston versus Nicholas Alby for the welterweight title. Jack Grant versus Joy Herbert for the lightweight title. Dean Truman versus Mads Brill featherweight title. James Webb, who was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, listen to that's up on YouTube. Brilliant interview he gave against Natias Frederick. We talked about that fight for the middleweight title. Trends obviously out of uh, Chris Fields' gym, Team KF, uh, and Tom King as well. And then the light heavyweight title is on the line as well. And Sam Creasy is fighting uh, Samir Fadin for the vacant flyweight title. What a what a night of fights, Graham. It's gonna be madness, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's, it's a good fight card. Uh, there's there's a couple of a uh, couple of or, or there's a bit of Irish interest on the on the card as well, which I always liked. That Darren O'Gorman, uh, six and three record may not look the best, but he's he's been in a lot of exciting fighters and fights and fought, fought some good guys. Ian Gary, obviously, you're you're in love with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't stop hyping him up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, Joy Herbert, like Jack Grant, these these are like obviously. Uh, I love that fight. That's going to be a bad. Jack Grant's never in a boring fight. Is he same with Joy Herbert? Yeah, That's exactly. Both fun. of them are. I would say both of them are always uh, exciting as well. Um, James Webb against uh, Frederick as well. Uh, all these all these title fights are, are good fights. Um, how many is there? Was it One, six? Two, six three, title four, fights. Five, six. Yeah. Nicholas Alby on top. Like he, they have a Denmark coming card coming for the UFC as well. So if he yeah. wins, they he even have like you know the the card is so stacked that like Alex Lahore is is what second second fight in the the prelims. I'm looking at MMA junkie here. I didn't even see that. So there's probably more fights there. Is there more fights that I haven't called out there that uh, that you um, um, I don't know. I I, I wasn't listening when you were calling them all out. Uh, I didn't call them. All out. <laughs> but uh, Ian, Ian Gary, I was looking at his opponent, Sayod Iduja. He he looks like a really really good guy on the ground as well. Didn't there's only one fight of his up, so I didn't see much striking out of him. But he looks like a, a bit of a wild striker and good on the ground. So that's a big test for him again. And obviously, you know, if you haven't seen Ian Gary, make sure to to check that out because he's you know the top prospect for me in Ireland coming through with, with, with one or two fights anyway. So that should be really fun. But you know, overall this card. You know Ross Houston as well. He's a seven and all, really, really good fighter. As the comment of Dean Truman has been around for a good while. Mads Brunel has also been around for a good while. As I mentioned, talk to James Webb. That light heavyweight title fight should be a banger as well. Sam Creasy is a guy who's you know a lot of people like, and I like him as well. Haven't watched his you know his last few fights. Always in in good fights. So yeah, very very good card. And uh, let's see how it goes. Cage Warriors. That this big card they do every year is always fucking madness. So. If are they they're all five round fights as well, so you could be there for about ninety hours watching those fucking fights if if they all got to a decision. But sure, look, these things happen. Anyway. All right, one another five round fight here that definitely, and you can give the Sean Sheehan guarantee here that this is not going five rounds. Francis Ingano versus your boy Sagano Junior dos Santos. What you think, Graham? Who's gonna win it? <sighs> it's a, it's it's actually a tough one because I'm still got the lingering doubt in my mind. Um, from the Derek Lewis <laughs> Francis and Ganny fight. Mm-hmm. Um okay, Curtis Blaze and, and is a is a good fighter and he he kind of beat him at one punch. And Cain Velasquez is obviously like one of the best heavyweights historically of, of all time, but been out for I don't even know how long and, and <laughs> so many injuries and all of that. It, you got it, it's hard to know where, where Francis is. His confidence is probably a little bit rebuilt, but the Santos is like he's kind of made a resurgence since he kind of looked like he was finished after the, he, he got viciously beaten twice by by Cain Velasquez. Um, but he's kind of fighting smarter now and he's kind of lighter on his feet than he was before. And, and if I could see him causing some problems for Francis Ngannou if Ngannou can't get the job done done early, so I, 
before that Derek Lewis fight and before uh, even after the Stipe fight before the Derek Lewis fight I would I would have picked Francis Ngannou pretty pretty easily but not easily but pretty confidently but now I'm unsure but would would still probably think Ngannou will get it done early but uh, I'm, I'm very unsure about this one now mm-hmm. I, I'm unsure about it as well to be honest I, I just did the, the rewatch there before we started and it's Junior DeSantis versus Tai Tua Vassal so if you're on Patreon that'll be out Tuesday morning and that fight Junior DeSantis got hurt with leg kicks but still came back and landed that, that big shot when he needed to land it So uh, and he got hurt with leg kicks as well it was a steeper fight I think so if Francis can attack those leg kicks there's definitely you know weakness there and I suppose if any heavyweight kicks you it's going to be a weakness but I think if he can attack them and counter that jab like Junior he he has this weird style where you're he really seeing Ganu having a game plan of, of leg kicks though yeah like, I do heavily. No, he doesn't need heavy leg kicks he only needs two <laughs> if he hits him with big leg kicks that's it like that is, that is it if he lands those big leg kicks that, that could be the end of it and he doesn't need like a Conor McGregor and Diaz plan of leg kicks or Justin Gaethje plan he needs a fucking heavyweight leg kick plan I really think that that can be a game changer but even if he doesn't you know Junior is a guy who's his fight IQ is really good he can change things around and do different things but at the start the Francis can land one or two shots like it's violence and if Francis can land one shot or two shots he's going to knock him out like and that's all he really needs and I think Junior like it'll be interesting to see what Junior does like will he maybe try for a few takedowns will he try to be very very elusive and try to get the Francis to follow him or will he just go for a big shot right over the top and try to out technique him and land that big shot first like I think he could do any of those things to be honest so it's interesting to see how Francis um, replies to that how his fight IQ is because we know Junior's is very good and but it only takes one for Francis it only takes one for Junior as well but it might only take 0.5 of one for Francis you know and if he lands out that one big shot I think he probably will land it, and I think he probably will knock out Junior Dos Santos. But it's, it's. I think this is could you know it'll either be like three minutes or like six minutes or seven minutes or something. I think it's, it'll be one or two round fight anyway, and it's going to be an absolute banger for him. And looking looking forward to to seeing the kind of the, the technique of this and how the the game planning works. So it'll it'll be fun uh, either way. Uh, F Formiga versus Joseph Benavides. This this would probably be an interim flyweight title fight uh, if it was in a, a couple of months. But it's it's a really really good fight. You picking Joseph Benavides here to win this? I don't know. It, it, like uh, Formiga's looked really good lately. Um, like um, Benavides kind of apparently being an upper echelon guy, you can't really get it done at the uh, the title shop, but get the get the title but he's he's coming off a bad knee injury I know he's fought I know he's fought since but if you lose a little bit of speed at these lower divisions where you're relying on speed it can be a problem like Formiga probably doesn't offer that much threat on the feet but if, if he if he gets a side of the back he's extremely good at jumping on your back uh, and getting the job done so uh a few years ago, I definitely would have picked Benavidez, but now I got a sneaky feeling for me. Yeah, might get this done. He could too. Like if you look at that Sergio Pettis fight, they they both fought him and. Uh, Pettis lost the decision to uh, Farmiga and won a decision over Benavides. So you know maybe there's a little bit looking at that as well. I think this will probably go to a decision. I'd probably just pick Benavides. But looking at that fight again, I don't know. You you know you could be right, but I think it'll be a fun, exciting fight over three rounds, and it'll be very very close. Uh, split decision. There's my prediction on that one. Uh, Damian Maya versus uh, Anthony 
Rocco Martin, which uh, he's forcing people to call him. He's what won his last five in a row. Beats, <laughs> beats <laughs> Sergio Morais in his last one, and Jack Matthews in the one before that. Obviously, this is a big step up, but I think Rocco Martin will probably win this. Like Damian Maya, okay, he came back and he won uh, his last one against Lyman Good, who I think is a very good fighter, but he'd lost three in a row before that. Is it the same Damian Maya as before? I think Anthony Martin is a good fighter. They were higher level um, guys, though, I think. They were, yeah. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I just have a sneaky feeling. I think Damian Maya is actually a big favorite in this. If, let me let me just look. But how 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 do you, do you think Maya will win it, sir? Yeah, I think Maya will probably win it. Like he'll probably be get a take down early, and if he doesn't early enough in the first round, if he doesn't finish him, he'll probably dominate on the ground. And Maya's been known to get tired, but uh, he has a way of just kind of battling through and just going all out getting the date down and then he's just so heavy on top and so skilled on the ground that you probably have enough to just grind it out if he, if he, if he does if he can't get a finish uh, with the original takedown he'll probably be some kind of like trip against the cage mm-hmm. uh, he'll get him down or half get him down and kind of drag him onto his back from that position yeah uh, yeah, maybe, probably just maybe. do what he always does pretty much mm-hmm. Paul Craig as well is on the, the main card here he'll probably lose the first two and three quarter rounds and then win by triangle with four seconds to go like like he always does uh, Drew Dober Marco Polo Reyes well that should be a fun fight Polo Reyes always fun Eric Anders on the undercard Jared Gordon and uh, not really much else no that's it that was like a long podcast I've been talking here for like last four hours and I'm worn out anything to anything to end it on there Graham any, um, any yeah to well um as you as you probably know, Liverpool are still the champions of Europe. <laughs> who, who do you think is going to win? Who do you think is going to win the Ballon d'Or, and who do you think should win the Ballon d'Or? Um, who do you think? I don't know. Who who did Liverpool play in the final against Spurs? Um, I know Messi probably will win it. Who would I give it to? I'd probably give it to. Um, I'd probably give it to Van Dijk. I know he's really good. I, I've I've championed that man since he was playing for Celtic. So I'm. Taking him up. Who do you who do you think will and should win it? I think uh, I think Van Dijk might win it this time because uh, they gave it to Messi and it's a lot of like bullshit politics and all that shit going on behind the background. And I think they gave it to Messi and Ronaldo for so many years that it kind of became boring to everybody. Yeah. And they gave it to Modric just for no reason last Jeez, year, yeah, except for funny. except for just so oh, we need to give it something different. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like when they gave gigs the old uh, how dare you player of the year, <laughs> just kind of like a more of a like a well done for sticking around and being mm. decent for ages. Though. Yeah. David Ginola got a one year as well. Remember that when there was like yeah, so yeah, many good Man United like, players, I couldn't give it to one of them. Yeah. So I think Van Dijk probably deserves it. Uh, uh, I think he probably will win it, but Messi wins it most of the time. So maybe he will revert to default. <laughs> Early predictions for next year's Premier League. Who do you think will win it? It's it's so hard because the signings haven't really happened yet. Yeah, uh, that's why I said fucking. Air, that's why I said early prediction. I know, you? I know. Yeah, but I think I think um, I think Liverpool would need need to add more than than Man City need to add because they're going to have more games now as well with all these World Club Championships and Super Cups and all this stuff. And uh, Liverpool are probably going to be a game or two behind, if not more, mm. uh, the whole season, which I think is harder. As well, so I think I think Man City will probably get like fucking close to 100 points again, and probably win again. I I I fancy Man United to be honest. You know, Mason Greenwood. <laughs> you don't. Mason, Mason Greenwood leading the line. You know, fucking uh, Daniel James coming uh, 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 Daniel James. Daniel James. Yeah, that's it. Um, we have it like. Ah, oh, come on. We have you scared. All is at the wheel. You, even 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 you couldn't. <laughs> 
Zayda's with a straight face. What are you talking about? I fully believe that. It's You're fucking year. laughing. Next year is our year. Stop living in the past. Like, 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 oh, we won a game three months ago. Oh, Jesus. Oh, <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> no, so who, who do you think? Who do, what's your prediction for the uh, for Premier League and the, the I Champions think, League? I think, I think it'll be very tight on the last two months. And then I'll think... It'll come out right. When Paul Joyce will report it that Pep Guardiola is leaving at the end of the year, and it'll set Man City back a little bit. They lose two or three games, and Liverpool end up winning the league. That's all I think <laughs> will happen. That that that's possible, though, isn't it? I I think that is possible. Anything's possible, but uh, it's possible. fair enough. I think it's likely. Right, everybody. <laughs> thanks very much for listening. There's your daily dose, uh, or weekly dose of severe my podcast soccer talk, football talk. Someone give out to me for calling soccer. All right, we'll end it here on the inspirational quote of the week. Being positive in a negative situation is not naive. It's leadership. We'll see you next Tuesday or Sunday or Monday.